This is the podcast for Woodland Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. We hope you enjoy the message, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, look us up at woodlandpres.org. Thanks so much. May the Lord bless you. Well, everybody thought Franz Jagerstadter was an idiot. I mean, what difference did it really make just to mouth the words? Everybody else had done it. Why don't you just go along, they said. You don't have to believe it in your heart. You just have to say it out loud. The oath of allegiance to Hitler, that is. Franz was an Austrian farmer who lived in the mountains. He had a wife and three little daughters. He raised goats and he farmed beets. He was active in his church and in his community. But he was conscripted into the army of Germany in World War II, and because he believed that Hitler was evil, he would not swear an oath of allegiance to that man or to that cause. And of course, he was arrested. And everyone, his mayor of his little town, his friends, his cellmates, his attorney, even his pastor, said, it doesn't really matter what you say, only what you believe in your heart. Just go ahead and do it. But he could not do it. And the military leaders who sentenced him, the ones who said, no one will ever know about what you're doing, those men have been forgotten. And he is remembered. His life being portrayed in the film, A Hidden Life. What is it that makes a hero? It's not what they earn. It's not what they look like. We often don't even notice them at the time, but then upon reflection, as we have some weeks, months, or even years to see what they've done, we realize the importance of their actions. They often don't draw attention to themselves, but rather their actions speak louder than words. There's a willingness to sacrifice even in silence for the good of another. A few years ago, I heard a 911 call that a little girl made to save her father's life. He was having some kind of heart problem, so he handed the cell phone to her. Savannah told the dispatcher, my dad can't breathe and he needs oxygen real bad. She then gave out their address, made sure the front door was unlocked, and sat with her dad for 10 minutes until the paramedics could come to make sure that he was okay. Pretty impressive for a five-year-old girl. What was most touching to me was her constant encouragement to her father. It's going to be okay, Dad. There was one concerning part because she didn't want to be found in her pajamas when the paramedics came, so she was going to go upstairs to change. Savannah was an unlikely hero. She was a little girl who was in the right place at the right time who stepped up in a desperate time of need. Not someone that you think would be a rescuer but she was the only one who could save her dad. Franz Jagerstadter was a hero as well, taking a stand when no one else would, having a conviction to stand up to evil, even in a humble and simple way. You know, we need heroes like this, but unfortunately, we often miss them because we're looking for the wrong kind of hero. A survey of 2,000 middle school students who were asked to name prominent people that they admired and wanted to be like was a list of actors, comedians, and athletes. Basically, people who've made it big, but not necessarily anyone who's done anything big. 
In this passage in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah is, is pointing people, the people of God, then and today, to this promised hero, to the one that they were really looking for, this promised Messiah in their time of need. You see, they were looking for someone to come and be a hero to them, but they missed it because they were looking for the wrong kind of hero. This, this, these words were written about a thousand years before Jesus was born in the year we see in, the, in chapter 6, the year that King Uzziah died. King Uzziah was a, a great king, and during his reign, the nation of Israel prospered. They had material wealth. They were defeating their enemies. They expanded and established their borders. They strengthened their infrastructure. But when he died, everyone was on edge. Who's going to be the next king? What's going to happen in our country? What's going to happen to us? So there was anxiety. There was fear. And they imagined that a new king would come, a champion, a warrior, a stately king who would conquer their enemies with displays of strength, political savvy, and dynamic leadership. Well, yes, there would be a new king, but in these verses, Isaiah points forward to the ultimate king, the ultimate hero, one who wouldn't come with fanfare, who wouldn't have accolades, not born in a palace, but rather born in a manger. Someone, it says, who had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. This leader wouldn't be recognized by the people. The prophet foretells that instead of embracing and elevating the Messiah, he would be despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief and as one from whom men hide their faces, he would be despised. In a world where image has so much to do with our perception of people, it's easy for us to see how they would have missed this great leader. They would hide their faces from this man. This is not the kind of guy that would perform well in a presidential debate on TV. So many heroes of ours today are physical specimens. They're beautiful. They're stylish. They have Instagram followers. But Isaiah says that the Messiah will be smitten by God, afflicted, a man of sorrows. The man Isaiah was pointing to was Jesus Christ, the one that we're celebrating this morning, the one that we look to because we believe that he lived a perfect, sinless life and that he rose again from the dead on the third day. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. The verse says it was the Lord's will to crush him. And yet it was this heroic and selfless act that allows us to know God and allows us to be connected and reconciled to the God of the universe. See, Jesus isn't the kind of hero that the religious leaders were anticipating. And even today, Jesus is an unlikely hero. While the majority of Americans identify themselves with Christianity in some way, most people don't look to Jesus to save them in the midst of their everyday struggles. For some it's a failure to see that Jesus actually is a rescuer and that everyone needs to be rescued. Many of us don't even realize that we're out of relationship with God. You see, God created the world perfectly, but then sin entered into the world. And every single person, the verse says, all have gone astray, each to his own way. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What that means basically is that everybody in this room Everyone who's hearing my voice, everybody in the world needs to be rescued. Sometimes the signs are all around you and you don't even realize it. You're at risk and you don't even recognize the problem. This was the issue that Ian McConnell 
face as he was a helicopter pilot in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. He and his crew were told to keep five H-60 helicopters airborne on missions around the clock to rescue people who were stranded on their rooftops to deliver them to safety. But they were only able to save just a few survivors. He says, on our first three missions, we saved the lives of 89 people, three dogs, and a cat. On the fourth mission, to our great frustration, we saved no one. But not for lack of trying. The dozens we attempted to rescue refused to be picked up. Some people told us, just bring me some food and water. They would say, you're living in unhealthy conditions. The water's going to stay high for a long time. They still refused. In truth, they didn't know how desperate their situation was. So many people don't know that they need to be rescued. Well, the good news is, brothers and sisters, now you know. You're in a desperate situation. Your house, your life is surrounded by water, and the water's rising, and yet there's a way to be rescued. You see, if you're a sinner, like me, you need to be rescued. And Jesus is the only one who can rescue. He's the only one who can pick you up out of that way of life, of that condition that we all face, to rescue you. And that's the good news. That's what the resurrection is all about. He's the hero that can save you. He's the only one. Why? Because he was perfect. Because he was sinless. Because he died the death that we all deserve. And he lived the life that none of us could live. But you've got to admit that you need to be rescued. Other people have admitted that they've been rescued. They say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. But they never really see Jesus as the great hero of their lives, able to conquer and be victorious in every single struggle that they face. Not only did Jesus purchase our salvation on the cross, but he also rescues us from every struggle that we find ourselves in. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to take away the difficulty of our circumstances all the time, but he's going to change our heart and our way of being in the midst of the struggle. Are you struggling? Has this year been challenging for you in various ways? Do you ever experience anxiety? Have you been angry? This morning, this week, this year, do you feel stressed? See, all these feelings are real, and we want to pay attention to those feelings. And often, those feelings indicate that something's wrong or that we need to pay attention to where we are. You see, if I'm angry about people not doing what I want them to do, then I'm thinking about myself. If I feel anxious, I'm not trusting in the one who gives me peace. These feelings indicate that something's wrong. So I like to work out in the park with these guys, and sometimes I work out too hard, and I got a bad knee. It's old. I put a picture on Facebook last week of the old screw that's in my knee, and it's broken, and sometimes it gets inflammation. So then I, that, what does that mean? I got to take it easy a little bit, right? I have got pain in my knee, so that means slow down, get some treatment, take a minute and rest, so that you can be strong. Now, that's not saying that I shouldn't experience pain in my life because if I don't exercise and exert myself physically, I'm going to have a different set of problems. But it does mean, hey, there's something going on. I need to pay attention to that. So what I'm saying to you is, if you feel pain, if you feel anxiety, if you feel anger, if you're stressed out, pay attention to that. What is it that God is saying to you are you out of alignment with God? Are you looking to Jesus to be the rescuer? Are you stressed about your finances? 
or are you realizing that Jesus is the great provider? Are you anxious about who you are? Or do you realize that, that Jesus is the king of the universe who brings peace to every person? It's an ongoing journey that we all, we, when we experience those feelings, we have to say, Lord, how am I not trusting in you? Thank you for being so graceful to me and wonderful that you would choose to love me even as I am in my struggle to give me courage and hope in life. You know, we often fail to see that Jesus' heroism means that we don't need to turn to things. We don't need to turn to affirmation or money or significance or possessions. See, he's the one who rescues us from the ultimate pain, the ultimate sinful death that we would deserve to give us life and hope and joy in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the struggle. See, through his submission to the will of the Father, his willingness to be crushed, defeated, he's conquered death, and he offers life to every person who would trust in him. And you see, if you're not trusting in Jesus as the hero, as the rescuer, you're looking to yourself. Harriet was accustomed to being beaten and mistreated by her masters. She suffered from seizures and narcoleptic attacks and headaches as a result of being hit with a two-pound weight when she was trying to help another slave. After sustaining an injury that made her go unconscious for almost two days and getting no medical care, she was continue, continually forced to work in the fields. And while she was only five feet tall, she had a determination that enabled her to escape bondage. And not only did she become free, but then she created a pathway for others to find the freedom that she enjoyed. More than 300 other people. And then she also influenced millions of others as they sought to abolish slavery. Here's a little woman who was affected by the freedom that she was given. An unlikely hero pointing other people to freedom. How much more then would a gentle, suffering servant, not the kind of leader we would look for, not the kind of hero we thought we needed, but the one who shows up at just the right time. So whether you're in this position where you've never trusted Jesus with your life, where you've never said, Lord, I've been trying to do this on my own. I want to trust in you to give me grace, to set me free from sin and embrace me into your kingdom. Or maybe you've made that decision at some point in your life, but you're not looking to him to give you hope every single day. In either case, return to Jesus. Find your life in him. He was despised. He was rejected so that you could be set free. He's come to rescue you. Are you willing to acknowledge your need? Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this message from Woodland Presbyterian Church, maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at woodlandpres.org. Thank you very much, and God bless you today.